the bad, naive mistakes, ridiculous decisions around systems design, the good, keeping developers and security and operations separate, new techniques, new architectures. Join us for a fascinating discussion with Richard Hyatt about security. This is John Pryle. Welcome to the Impact Podcast. It's too hard for me to do, so I am not going to introduce you until I give you a title. I need you to do that for me, please. Okay, well, I, I really don't have a title right now. I'm, uh, I'm working on my third startup. I've been a serial entrepreneur pretty much for my entire working life. I think before that, actually, I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken, before <laughs> it was called KFC. But, um, you know, I've been a successful entrepreneur of two companies, um, Didem being my first, and uh, Blue Cat Networks, which is, uh, you know, still currently out there and, and growing at, uh, at a crazy pace. And, um, you know, I'm working on my third uh, company right now. I've been coding since I was 12 years old. I love technology. You know, I, I live and die by software. And, uh, you know, it just keeps me going every day. And having been a CTO a couple of times, you definitely understand the implications of security. Our message of security first really has been that this is not an afterthought. It has to be something that's taken into account from the very beginning. And one of the points that you hammered on with the group today was about keeping your environments separate. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. You know, when you've, when you've written software for, for such a long time and you've looked at these different systems, you know, and I, get, I also get to see a lot of different startup companies as well because they all want me to be an investor and sit on their board and stuff. You, you start looking about how people architect systems. And the one fundamental mistake most people make is that they decide, well, I'm going to write, I'm going to write, build my system on AWS, and I and I start with an account and I and I create all my 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 apps and I deploy them, and then I don't I use the development environment for the production environment, and that's a big problem, because your developers now have full access into your production environment, which is kind of a security no-no. Really, what you want to do is you want to separate out the environments. You really want to have a sandbox, a place where the developers play, they can build their code, build databases, blow the entire system up. And then you want to take that code, once it's being tested, promote it into a more of a staging or a pre-production environment, which is on a separate account, separate space, where your QA team, maybe your tech leads can go and test it out, make sure it works, make sure it meets all the requirements. And after that, then they can promote it to a third account, which is your production environment. And your thought about separating is much more than just the, the, the running of the codes. We were looking to separate the systems from other aspects. Talk to me a little bit about Jeep and some of your other interesting uh, problems that we've uh, encountered in the marketplace here. Yeah, those, those revolve around implicit trust. You know, a lot of people, when they build their, build their systems, they kind of roll everything together, and then they decide to just put a big global you know, access rule around it and a big security rule around it. And the problem with that is that, you know, a code that's reading the database shouldn't necessarily have the same access to write to the database or to, you know, export the database. You know, in, in you know, what we, what we saw with Jeep is they were the, whoever got into the entertainment system was able to talk to the car as well. And I'm not sure why or who made the decision to connect the entertainment system to the actual driving of the car, which is kind of crazy. You know, it's like going and flying on a plane and having the in-flight entertainment system, you know, you hack that, then you can start flying the plane, you know, and yeah, people have said this is, you know, possible, 
it shouldn't be possible. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. That's just poor design. You know, it wasn't Flight also... Simulator that I was running when I was in seat 17B? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I've done that several <laughs> times, and uh, people get kind of scared. <laughs> and, and also in terms of, this, again, this broad picture of the pieces fitting together and, and, and trust and the like, uh, the elements of Target. Yeah, I mean, Target, Target was another example where, where uh, they, you know, they were attacked through the HVAC system. You know, in a, in a point of um, you know point of sale system, um, you know they were on the same network. They had the same access um, as as an, as a, a contractor doing the HVAC. And, and what happened is the the contractor was compromised, and they got into the system, and they were able to to target the the target targets POS system through HVAC and through the HVAC. Amazing. It, and it wasn't necessarily through because it was the HVAC per se, but it's because they didn't have the right security roles, the right security con- uh, credentials, and they had implicit trust across the network. And so it goes goes down to, you know, can you, how do you, how you secure the network, how you secure your applications, and how you separate out, you know, again, but going back to separating out the environments, you know, do you they should have a separate environment for point of sale, right? Great companies do this because that's their business to get the money from the clients, and if they have problems doing that, then that's going to be an issue. And there are many elements to this to the stool of security and security first, and and we've got operations. Uh, when you talk about the developers, you, you view them very differently than you view, view them as security personnel or operations personnel as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I see developers uh, as you know people creating the magic or putting the magic together. Um, they're not necessarily going to be the world's best security experts. Um, they can be trained or they can they can have be security you know minded, but their their goal is not to to design the best security or, or be the 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 people that that try to figure out you know where the, the where the mistakes or where the issues are going to be as far as security. I mean that's really where you want your security professionals. And you'll fence them yeah. as well. You fence them into their own environment, so they can do their their they can do their work. Um, but it's important that the credentials they use are completely different and completely separate than the credentials you would use in a test environment. And those are all completely different than those that you use in a production environment. So there's never a risk of that even if the developer has hard-coded those credentials in, it would go to the development environment, not to the production environment. I see. And you also spoke uh, quite a bit about design matters in terms yes. of how people approach it from a top-down perspective. Yeah, and then one of the, you know, some of the, you know, go, you know going back, you know, I'm going to kind of date myself going back to the, to the dot-com days, you know. Nobody really wants to remember that. But, you know, people built these monolithic applications that maintained you know, server-side state and everything bad that we, we would never want to do today. Um, it, but the, the big problem with that is that the whole application, you know, did something and it did everything and it all went back to one big database. And so you compromise one part, you basically compromise the whole. You know, and we've moved now to these monolithic, modular, um, deployed applications and, you know, they're, they're different because we build the code separately and then we tie them all together and then we put them in one big system. You know, we can test part of it separately. But again, still, if, you know, these, the, the credentials may be, you know, split um, amongst different modules, but the entire system can still be compromised. And then now we, we're seeing people deploy these, uh, you know, microservice architecture, which is great. And it breaks down every single service. You may have a, you know, a login service, and you may have a, a data service, and you may have another service for doing the shopping card and one for actually doing the credit card transactions. And, and, and that's great because it actually breaks those systems down and, and distributes that now where you can place the security roles. The big problem with that architecture is that it becomes very, very complicated long-term to manage, so you're going to spend a lot more time 
um, and money, just making sure those pieces go together. Cool. Now, companies, there's a vast array of security companies out there to help. Uh, would you encourage companies to be talking to as many vendors as possible, or should they be rolling their own security solutions? Is this a yes or a no or a heck no here? I would say, <laughs> I would say always talk to security companies. I would say, I would say a big no on rolling your your own uh, security. Um, you know, I had this great picture that I put up today of someone selling a lock backwards, and basically kind of defeats the purpose. You know, we saw it with things like Ashley Madison, where they encrypted the passwords, but they also created an MD5 hash of the uh, of the passwords. And so, the, the you know to actually figure out what the passwords were, you didn't have to actually decrypt them. You could actually run a you know run it against a rainbow table and, and use brute force to figure out what the MD5 um, checksum values were. And you also spoke the passwords. Uh, and you spoke a little bit about uh, carrier IQ is another carrier bad IQ example. Is, is not, well, it's just that you know some people put uh, you know some people put you know developers love to have a lot of debug and a lot of extra logging. And, um, you know, we, we even had, you know, I've had instances in you know, my past companies where people have put extra logging. I've learned the hard way. We had to issue, a, 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 you know, a, a service patch to, to address it, you know, and, and, a, and a vulnerability warning. And, um, you know, you, you can't just say, I'm going to log everything. Hey, I'm going to log the username and I'm going to end up logging the password. You turn that on and now you've logged maybe a credential that was validated against a different system, maybe like Active Directory. You had no, you had no reason to actually show that password in plain text. So how do you wrap this up in terms of key trends you see and what people should be focusing on? Um, I, I'm a big favor of running everything in the cloud. You know, I know there's always that tendency to say, well, we can't run in the cloud because it's not secure and our customers don't believe it. I'm a big fan in, in running in the cloud. Why? Because it's, it's one copy of your code. You're maintaining one copy. You can actually control security around one piece of code. Um, I, don't like, I don't like owning machines. I don't like... You know, having that, um, you know, worrying about the operating system and all these other other pieces. Um, I'm also a big believer in not managing things that I don't want to manage. So, if a company offers a, you know, a login or authentication service and it and it's, you know, it, it's it's secure and it's well thought out, I'm going to use it. You know, it's going to make sense. You know, um, you know, this third company is my third startup right now. We're looking at using um, we're using Google and, and Facebook for for doing the, for authenticating users. Why? Because they've done such a great job of it. I'm also a big believer of, of, of not managing things of, of, and of not owning any, any pieces of that technology if I don't need to build them. I want to focus on the core parts of my product, and that's it. And I don't even want to manage even virtual servers. You know, I would, I would far more like to have all my code running in, in something like Amazon's um, Lambda system where I don't have to worry about what server and how I scale. It's like, here is the function that I want you to run. If you get lots of traffic, scale it up. If you get no traffic, don't use it. Got it. Well, listen, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, by the way, for some of your past help with blog posts that you've been writing for us. We appreciate the advice and counsel you've given us, and we appreciate working with you over the years. So it's, it's a pleasure, and I thank you so much. Oh, great. Thank you. I, I enjoy working with uh, Georgia Partners. Have a great one. Thank you. There you have it. We hope that some of these ideas resonate and that you'll turn up the heat and make sure that security first becomes a reality. I'm John Pryle for the Impact Podcast.